0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome to Moonshot 2030, the Advanced Cardiac Resuscitation Podcast, where we embrace a bold change in the way that we plan for and respond to sudden cardiac arrest in the pursuit of saving more lives. My name is Billy Croft, along with my co-host, the godfather of ACR, Mr. Joe Paul. Joe, how are you, buddy?
0: I am good, Billy. How are you, sir?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, modern technology is fantastic. You're way out in California. I'm in Illinois, and we're doing a podcast together. Isn't that cool?
0: Yeah, that is crazy. Crazy. I'm in uh, I'm in sunny Southern California. How's the weather out there in, uh, in, in uh, oh, Illinois? Oh,
1: it is beautiful. I mean, we had a bunch of... Uh, we had a heat wave last week, but it's right around 80 degrees. Um, nice. Beautiful blue sky with some big white fluffy clouds out there it's it's gorgeous how about you
0: oh yeah it's a beautiful day the the sun is shining it's about uh, 75 78 degrees out and it'll be oh, it'll be 97 98 degrees a little later on today's so, all good
1: yeah um as long as it's not snowing <laughs> i'm good i'm good <laughs> yeah. i don't know why i live in illinois but uh, i do um but you know it is what it is right
0: yeah yeah i think the uh, the first time i came out to visit you um, it was, um, what was it? Like February, I think. Yeah, and, it was February. Yes. It was, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was, it was really freaking cold. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You California boys. Come on. That,
0: that's right. Right. <laughs> uh, that's
1: awesome. So, uh, let's get some formalities out of the way. Why don't you introduce yourself to our uh, listeners, Joe?
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, I am Joe Powell. I am the chairman and founder of the advanced cardiac retestation program, uh, I, uh, have been, uh, just recently retired from the Rialto fire department. I've been running calls since I was a very young pup at 15 years old as a fire explorer all the way up until, uh, just, a, just a little over a year ago now.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been in the fire service for about, uh, uh, 27, 28 years. been a paramedic for about 30, uh, 27 years on with the Naperville fire department, which is, uh, just west of Chicago, about 40. 40 miles or so um, great department to work for here in the Midwest. Um, you know, we get all four seasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not, but uh, um, I'm also on the ACR advisory board. Uh, very proud to be on that um, with a great group of, of people um, trying to save more lives. And uh, you know, I help uh, you know, put my department through the ACR Uh, methodology and philosophy and uh, we're doing some great stuff so um, happy to be here and you know Joe you and I we've been talking about doing this this podcast you know we go across the country and and we speak to agencies fire departments and agencies and nurses and doctors and medics and you know um, trying to spread the word and uh, we've been trying to you know put this podcast together and we're finally here it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is, this is exciting stuff. It's, uh, it's going to be great to get the word out and uh, get, get more people involved in what we're doing and saving more lives.
1: Yeah, so um, this is our very first podcast, so, uh, you know, we're, just bear with us. You know, we're, we're learning. Uh, this, we're two salty dogs here, two old firefighters trying to, you know, uh, maneuver through uh, modern technology. But uh, today we're going to talk about, you know, what is ACR? And uh, how did ACR start? And then, those of our listeners that are wanting more to get more information on ACR, where do we find that? So um, that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, Joe, let's talk about ACR. What is it? So, uh,
0: ACR is the uh, Advanced Cardiac Resuscitation Consortium. Um, it is very, very simply a a, a bundle of of care. Uh, that is, helps us improve cardiac arrest outcomes. Um, you know, as, as we know, you know, cardiac arrest outcomes are um, not, not fantastic and I uh, think this methodology is improving, we call it neurologically intact survival.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, I think that's the key, right? Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, getting hearts back all the time, but um, more importantly, you know, you save the brain, you save the patient, bottom line that's what we're looking for. So,
0: yeah. yeah, And I think, you know, you, you said you were, you know, you've been a medic for 30 years, which is not possible because you look like you're 25, but, um, <laughs> but you're getting a Christmas um, you know, card. I, you're getting a Christmas
1: card this year. Uh, for sure. I, I, I need a
0: Christmas card. <laughs> I'll feel better about who I am. I, <laughs> um, you know, I think that most of our careers, we have been looking at how do we save hearts, right? You know, how do we get hearts back? How do we get pulses back? But that's not really the key. The key is how do we save brains? And that's, uh, that's really what this is focused on.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we, again, we go across the country and we talk to a lot of people and, you know, we're immersed in this all the time. So um, let's, let's give them a a brief overview of, you know, what is ACR? What, you know, what are the tools and what's the philosophy behind it and the methodology?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll describe kind of the, the patient care tools, but real quick, Billy, do you want to kind of talk about the whole picture and then I'll talk, I'll, I'll give them the, what the, what the, the patient uh, centered tools are.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as the whole picture of, you know, we're looking at, um, it's like a pie, right? There's three pieces of the pie. We're, we're going to be talking about optimizing the patient for sure. We're going to talk about optimizing, um, you know, your, your procedures and, um, and then we're going to talk about optimizing the community. So um, those three pieces are vital in the way we do ACR. So it's, it's not just us, you know, first responders or the ER or nurses or whatever it is. That's one piece of it, optimizing the patient. We have to optimize these three pieces to get it right, to save more lives.
0: Yeah. Okay. Very good. And so when we talk about the cardiac survivability toolkit, that's optimizing the patient. And this is kind of the, and there's a lot more to unpack here as far as the the toolbox, but there's, there's, there's seven or so um, cardiac survivability tools. And so number one is continuous uninterrupted compressions using a mechanical CPR device uh and and the reason that's important is because we know we are not doing a fantastic job of cpr especially when we look back at feedback and we look at data and we look at you know go back and review cases we know that we get tired that we have problems with rate we have problems with depth we have problems with recoil uh we have a sniper problem with getting distracted and pausing uh, compressions and so you know number one tool here is continuous uninterrupted compressions using a mechanical cpr device and i think I think we would agree, Billy. You know that that you know there's probably nothing more important than high quality compressions in a cardiac arrest, it's,
1: right? Right. That makes
0: it's, sense. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I think everybody, all of our listeners, would agree with us that there's nothing more important than than you know compressions. But that's not how we do medicine, right? We no. pause for all kinds of different reasons. We pause compressions, and if we all agree. That you know we have a kind of a a, a motto in in Rialto nothing trumps compression. Nothing. If we all agree that a compression is the most important medicine we can provide. Then why would we stop that important medicine, right? But we do. So
1: we do all the time. Yeah, we
0: do all the time. I'm yeah, guilty. And I've yeah I've done it my entire career that way, right? Oh. And so so that's tool number one. I think the second the second tool is use of a rescue pod or also called an impedance threshold device. Um, and so that's really uh, a tool that we're using to manage interthoracic pressure, and y'all, you know, maybe this is a, a good place to kind of toss in here that we really have to manage a number of pressures within the patient to get brains back. We didn't used to have to manage all of these different pressures, but when we start looking at how do we get brains back and not just hearts back, we have to manage intracranial pressure, cerebral perfusion pressure, and a number of other pressures so that we can get uh, brains back. And the uh, the use of a rescue pod really helps us manage, manage interthoracic pressure. We'll talk at length in, in other podcasts at how that, how all of those pressures work.
1: Yeah, man, this, w- when I first heard this from you, Joe, um, it blew my mind. It, it was a game changer for me for sure, because I never really thought about the four pressures that we have to manage, you know, in the body uh, to save the uh-huh. brain. You know, I've, I've, You know, we just wanted to save the heart. And, you know, if I got to the hospital as quickly as I can and they didn't die in the back of my ambulance, that was fantastic. I didn't do a lot of critical thinking. I was that person that, you know, looked at the SMO. This is what we're supposed to do. Okay. Uh-huh. It, it's got to be right. Right. They, they put it down on paper and it's official. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to do it. Right. Um, so that critical thinking aspect for me um, kind of went out the window and I was on autopilot and, and most of the people that I work with, you know, we're the same way. We didn't really critically think about, okay, what am I doing here? What, what is, when I'm ventilating this patient, what am I doing actually? And how am I doing it? And, uh-huh. you know, it, It really makes you step back and say, okay, everything that I am doing here um, has an effect on this patient, good or bad, right? Or how I'm doing it and when I'm doing it and why I'm doing it. So um, it made me step back and really think about that. And it was a game changer when, when I actually, the light bulb came on.
0: Yeah. I think once you start looking at how do I manage pressures, how do I, you know, what else can I do to decrease intracranial pressure? What else can I do to improve, improve uh, cerebral perfusion pressure, for example, right. And you start looking at a patient, you know, in a more holistic manner, like what, what else can I do? What else can I do to manage these pressures? And so it's a, a it kind of, it's kind of a game changer in that process. But, oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And Billy, as you, as you talked about, like, Hey, you used to just kind of follow the protocol, right. You just go there and follow the protocol, which, you know, Uh, unfortunately, you know, when we talk about survivability, you know, we're talking about what the, the, what, what was the CARES data for uh, last year survival, survivability number? Yeah, I
1: think it was right around 9.1%. I think that's what they said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's another way to put that, right? There's, there's another way to put that really is that about 91% of your patients are, 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 uh, are passing away, right? We have about a 91% failure rate. Oh man. So we've got to do something different than what we've always done.
1: That I hate, I hate hearing it that way, but it's, it's true though. Uh, We need to look at it that way. You know, 91% failure rate. That is not acceptable. And that's, we shouldn't be doing medicine that way. We should be doing what we're doing right now. Having a podcast, talking about it. Hey, how do we make it better? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we get more brains back? We've got to get more brains back. And so there's ways to do that, but it's just going to take a different, a different view on this process. All right. um yeah yeah so I mean so so let me finish up on the kind of the tool the toolbox here we you know we also use uh, aptic oxidation which is a it's just a tool so that we don't have to stop compressions during the innovation process um and that we can innovate with compressions going on just buy just more time in that innovation process because nothing trumps compressions right right um clinically appropriate airway ventilation is another one and you know I think very important is, is the understanding that uh, ventilating, uh, ventilations have a huge impact on inner pressure. And as we look through that process, if we're not ventilating right, and that's usually when I say, right, I mean, it's not more and it's not more volume. It's not more, res- more ventilations and more volume is not the answer here, right? But um, it is ventilating appropriately to control inner pressure. So we better control the other pressures and get brains back in that process. Um, also, you know, patient positioning. What patient, What position should the patient be in so that we can optimize those pressures? So, putting a patient in a semi Fowler's or a, a you know um, uh, a sitting up position uh, changes the way that we perfuse the brain, and so that's one of our one of our tools is properly positioning the patient in cardiac arrest so that we can better get cerebral perfusion. Basically, mm. um, uh, expanded use of waveform capnography. We don't just use capnography. Uh, to make sure the tube's in, right? right? We use it for all kinds of other things, and we use it to help us manage those pressures and manage the pauses and all of the, all that stuff. And so we really, we have five or six different ways we use capnography in managing the patient and managing the patient pressures, which is important to us. Um, and then lastly, the last two things are what we call clinically appropriate defibrillation and clinically appropriate epinephrine. And uh, you know, a little, um, a little spoiler alert here, we don't defibrillate everybody that's in V fib, and we don't give epi early and often. So, uh, and there's there's reasons for that in managing pressures and and how we address that. But uh, just give you a little spoiler there.
1: I imagine people on the other end listening to this right now. After you just said that statement, they're flipping us off right now. <laughs> like that, that's what I feel like they're doing because I was the same way, man. When I first heard, I'm what are you talking about? This is this, what what.
0: yeah exactly right like what are you talking this this is the early defibrillation the early epi saves lives right
1: yeah right when it's early
0: (laughs) and we could talk about that
1: we'll we'll talk about that in further you know uh podcasts down the road here but you know um everything that we do if if you're not catching on right now everything that we do matters it matters You know, we just can't, we just can't go on autopilot anymore. We have to use that, that thing between our two ears and we have to think about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And when we're doing it, um, yeah, I mean, that geeks me out. That's why I became a paramedic, not just be, you know, so I can read a protocol and say, well, this is what I have to do. I want to be that chef, man. I want to critically think, and I want to help those people the best way I can. And that, that's the great thing about ACR, Joe. Um, we got some tools. We finally got some tools and a bundle of care that are working together in a in in synergy to help these people have better outcomes. And it, it's just amazing. I'm, I get so excited about it.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's really that. It's all of those tools together. It's not one of those tools. We're always looking for a silver bullet, the one thing that's going to fix everything. You know, in cardiac arrest. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's not that simple. And you know my wife absolutely hates it when i answer questions like well it's not quite that simple it's not black and white um but it is it is really uh, all of those tools put together and that synergistic effect that gets us the outcomes that we're looking for
1: all right so you know we talked about what acr is so wh- wh- who's acr for i mean is it just for fire ems or you know is it is it for anybody
0: Right, right. Yeah, good, good point, Billy. Good point. You know, it, it is, it is for anybody in the continuum of care from the point somebody goes into cardiac arrest and even before that, right, because there's lots of public education that has to happen in the process. But, but, you know, for anybody that that handles cardiac arrest from the point they go into cardiac arrest, you know, uh, you know, from the point that they get in contact with dispatch and how dispatch handles that cardiac arrest to the point that we respond out and we touch the patient all the way through the ED and so, uh, and all the way through the intensive care unit, until they get discharged from the hospital. So, doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, EMTs, paramedics, fire-based, non-fire-based. Honestly, Billy, I don't care what vehicle you show up in. I just care that you provide good care. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally. So, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anybody that that's dealing with that cardiac arrest, EMS, fire, helicopter, or air medical, uh, you know, ED. You name it, right? It is for it is for everybody that's dealing with a cardiac arrest.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, um, you know, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I come from fire EMS base, you know, fire department, and I and uh-huh. I feel like I'm in this bubble most of the time because that's where I'm coming <laughs> from. But there, there's so many other people that are involved in the success of you know the the positive outcome for that that patient or to survive, you know, the event. And, you know, is it witnessed? Do people see it? You know, that's part of optimizing the community. You know, do we have great CPR programs in the community and apps such as Pulse Point and stuff like that, AEDs, yeah. you know, that are going to affect the outcome of that patient? And then when we look at dispatch, you know, if, if you want to be behind the eight ball, if you have a dispatch that doesn't, you know, do CPR instruction, uh, it, it's going to be hard to, to save somebody's life. You know, when, when, yeah. when we don't yeah. have that, you know, and are your police, do they have AEDs and, you know, obviously the fire departments, do they have the, the correct tools to, you know, affect the outcome? And then what happens at the hospital? There's so many things that can go right. And there's so many things that can go wrong. So that's why this is such a, uh, you know, a holistic, um, you know, pie, as you would speak and, you know, optimize the community, the system. And optimizing the patient. So, um, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful methodology and it works for anybody that touches the patient.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the word team gets thrown around a lot, you know, nowadays, but this is really an entire team. If you take dispatch out of the, 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 the team and they're not getting hands on the chest early, well, if it takes 10, 12, 13, 14 minutes to get on scene and get to the patient, uh, and get your hands on the chest. Well, you've got a very slim shot of, of reviving that brain, right? So you need dispatch involved. On the other hand, if the ICU doesn't know how to handle a post-cardiac arrest patient appropriately, or they're not experts at this, and they're not they're not working through that process, then that really affects it. And we really want anything from the time they go into cardiac arrest to the time they walk out of the hospital neurologically intact. That's the team, and that team's all got to play together and work on getting these patients home neurologically intact.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it seems like a mountain, right? It, it really does <laughs> to, to get everybody on the same page, but you know, that's why it's, it, you know, it's, it's not that one silver bullet. You know, we talk about that a lot. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, everybody's involved and it's, it's, you got to keep at it. You know, it's, it's not a one and done. You, you just got to keep working at it and, keep improving it every single day. And Joe, we talk about this a lot. We're, we're going to be better tomorrow. That's for sure. Yeah, You know, if we keep better, doing better this, we keep doing this and that's why we're doing this podcast. And um, so if you're wondering why you should be listening or continue listening to this podcast, well, I, I think we hit it, right, Joe? It's 9% survivability, abysmal. You know, we need to be stepping up and saying, hey, this this is not right. 91% failure rate is not right. So that's why you need to listen. That's why you need yep. to really yep. look at this seriously and say, okay, what we're doing is not working, so we need to change. So how are they doing it? How, how is Naperville yep. getting 21% survivability neurologically intact? How are they doing it? So Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, and I think, Billy, something to kind of really recognize is that, you know, uh, in, in 1979 when ACLS was first formed, uh, our sur- our neurologically intact survival rate was about eight percent, right? Hmm. And now, forty years later, we're a tiny bit over nine percent. So, forty years of what we've been doing has got us almost nowhere. Man, we've got to do things differently. Yes, we, we got do. to think about them differently, right? Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. We haven't moved the needle. That's for, that's for sure.
0: So, yeah, for sure.
1: So, we know what ACR is. We know who it's for. How did it get started, Joe?
0: Well, in uh, so I was uh, you know so I ran the EMS division for Rialto Fire, and in 2009 we bought AutoPulse devices, and AutoPulse is a mechanical CPR device. We looked at the, the 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 data and the literature behind them, and said, "Hey, this is a great tool. We we think this is uh, something that we should use." So we, we bought autopulses and I don't under, I, I'm not actually hundred percent sure what the plural of autopulse is. Is it pulse I or autopulses? I have no idea, but we're going to call them autopulses. How's that? Um, That's fine. So we, we bought autopulses, but at that time <clears throat> I was the entire EMS division, right. As far as admin goes. And so we, and we were on patient, uh, I'm sorry, I can never say this right. We were on paper, patient care records. Um, and so, you know, pay for patient care records and me being the only person in the EMS division, uh, we were really collecting zero data. But in 2015, we hired a QI coordinator, Kevin Dearden. Uh, maybe you've seen some of the videos out there, but. Um, and my, one, of, one of my first questions to Kevin was Hey, what's our ROS percentage? It's got to be fantastic, right? Because I have a device that does near perfect compressions, near perfect rate near perfect um, depth, uh, near perfect recoil. It doesn't get distracted, it doesn't get tired. Like we, we have to have a fantastic ROSC rate and ROSC is return of spontaneous circulation, right? We have to have a fantastic Ross grade. Kevin, tell me what it is. So he crunched some of the data and it came back at like 23%. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's I guess that's okay. That's not fantastic. Right, and we so we went into the field, started watching our, our guys run calls. We started looking at the data, looking at the case review, and it didn't take very long to figure out that you know we were turning the device that does like near perfect compressions. We were turning it off all the time. We're turning it off, check a rhythm. We're turning it off, check a pulse. We're turning it off to get a line. We're turning it off to get a two. We're turning it off, we're moving them. Well, it doesn't do any good to uh, to have a device that does near perfect compressions. If you're going to turn it off all the time. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So that was kind of the beginning of like, what can we do and how do we do it? So we, we started fixing that. Right. We came up with, I think we said a little bit earlier, right. Nothing drums, compressions, nothing. Right. And we, and we, uh, do we agree already, you know, that, you know, compression is the most important medicine. So why would we interrupt compressions right outside of scene safety? Somebody's shooting at you or something, right. You can run away, but, other than that, nothing trumps compressions. So that's how we sort of got got started down that road. And so we started improving compression fraction rates. And then we, you know, um, Kevin and my chief, Chief Grayson, said, Hey, what do you think about the rescue pod to control interthoracic pressure? We rolled out the rescue pod and then we started putting other tools in place and looking at the data and other tools in place and looking at the data. That's sort of how we, uh, we started that process.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, because, you know, we have, we went from 9% survivability back in 2019 to last year at 21% survivability for, you know, the, the trail that you started blazing, you know, you, you uh-huh. did all the heavy lifting Joe, and we just <laughs> said, Hey, this, this is really great. This makes sense. You know, um, you know, the first time I saw you in Columbus, Ohio, I was like, whoa, you know, uh, we need to do this. That's that. That is for sure. And I know Lawrence Douglas, Kansas, um, EMS chief over there, Kevin Joles. They were they were one of the first ones to duplicate what you did. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those folks over in Lawrence Douglas, they they took what we had developed over about uh, three, three to five years and implemented it in two days. They whoa. brought people in on overtime we rolled out the training. They they you know built their champions and rolled out the training, and this is kind of the this is kind of the magic of ACR, you know ACR, um, you know the numbers in Rialto right the the number of the percentages of neurologically intact survival that's a that's a that's a big number and you know it's it's impressive but that's not the magic, you know the, many times you know they'll say the magic of McDonald's is not that they make hamburgers it's that it's reproducible around mm. the world yeah and the same thing here. So Lawrence Douglas at about six months started looking at their numbers and they saw a huge jump in their neurologically intact survival numbers. Then we knew at that point we knew, hey we got something here. this is reproducible not just in Rialto, but in other parts of the country with other different types of agencies uh, across across the, the spectrum. So that was that was really the exciting uh, exciting step there.
1: So when, when you started this, Joe, when back in 2015, you got autopulses and you started adding, you know, these, these different tools that work together in a synergistic way. Did you think that it would evolve into what it is today? And, you know, did you have a goal like set in your mind, like, Hey, this is what we're going to do or what was it?
0: So, so, so initially no, right. Initially we were just trying to do a better job of cardiac arrest. Right. And then, we started adding more and more tools, and we started doing more and more things, and you know, doing doing better training, and you know, that was and that's a process. right? It, it was a process where we were like step by step moving forward. But eventually, we said, you know, this is you know, we've had some really good success here. Those successes are, are reproducible. Here's here's our goal. Here's what we're gonna we're gonna set the moonshot. The whole reason this is called Moonshot 2030 is we set the moonshot and we rolled it out um 20 maybe 2019 i think 20 sometime sometime in there uh that we're going to be somewhere some county some agency some EMS agency some fire department some some state or some other country i don't care but we're going to find an agency that's going to get this stuff all together and we're going to be at 50.1% neurologically intact survival by 2030 that's doable in rialto we were at three or four percent neurological attack survival when we started. When I left there, we were at eighteen percent. Lawrence Douglas is doing phenomenal things. I, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but it's somewhere around twenty percent. You guys are doing fantastic stuff. What percentage are you at now?
1: Twenty one percent.
0: Twenty one percent. So fifty one point one percent by twenty thirty. That is that is our goal. That is our moonshot and and we can get there.
1: I believe it. I believe it. And I I think that's why you know, the ACR consortium is so important for this. You know, we have about 50 agencies that are involved in the consortium uh, that are doing some form of the ACR methodology. And we need them, Joe, don't we? We, we need everything from them.
0: Yeah, I, we, we, definitely, we definitely need their data, which gets our N number or the number of uh, participants in a study, gets our M, N number much higher so the data is more accurate and we can look at what's working and what's not working. We can uh, we, we need them to be questioning what we're doing. We've had any number of ACR agencies come into the fold and then say, hey, we love what you guys taught us. We have a way to do it better. Yeah. Right. We have a tweak. We have a different way to do this. Hey, did we ever show you this is how we can do that? And that's what we're going to need. We're going to need continual change, continual improvement with data to get to our moonshot.
1: Oh, totally, and it's a great resource um, for any – anybody that's getting involved in wanting to make that change uh, to better their outcomes in cardiac arrest um, because there's different sizes of departments and agencies and there's doctors, nurses, and there's all kinds of people involved in the consortium that is, is going to help you. They they've probably went through the same problem or have had the same issue that you have and you can hook up with them and you can discuss those things and uh, make it better you know uh better tomorrow right joe better
0: tomorrow better tomorrow yeah. yeah you know i I always say that you know if you guys are having problems or or, or something's getting messed up or not working l- let us know because i guarantee you we've screwed it up already right <laughs> yeah and we can help you through that process
1: yeah most definitely so um for those that are not doing acr and they want more information how do they get it
0: yeah absolutely so um I think we're going to put a couple of links. Billy's email, my email, um, and some links down at the bottom of this, uh, the podcast that you guys can click on. You can always email me. My email is acrmoonshot2030 at outlook.com. That's acrmoonshot2030 at outlook.com um, or click on a link or you can hit up Billy and we would love to get you more information and get you more involved and save more lives.
1: Yeah, most definitely. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes for you. Uh, some information, um, you know, we can put, uh, that gems article that, uh, Rialto, oh, yeah. um, yeah. You know, we can put that in there. Uh, a lot of great stuff, Joe, today. Uh, I'm very excited, um, for the future of this podcast. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have, uh, so many different topics. We're going to really dive into the nuts and bolts of, of each part of that pie from optimizing the patient, optimizing the system, and optimizing the community. So we got, uh, we got a lot of content for you. Uh, if you want to make that change, you know, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts and, and keep listening because together we're going to be better tomorrow and we're going to save more lives for sure.
0: Absolutely fantastic.
1: All right, Joe. Well, this has been fun, man. And uh, you know, we're in Boston next
0: week. Yeah, I think next we week? Are. Yeah, we'll see each other in a couple of days here.
1: Yeah, man. And we're gonna do some podcasts there, some live from Boston. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh we appreciate you guys listening and, and uh sticking out with us. So uh need more information, email us and uh, we'll get that information to you. So Joe, I'll see you next week, bud.
0: All right, my friend. Thank you, and thank you everybody that's listening.
1: All right, bud. Talk to you soon.
0: Okay. Bye-bye.